0: The backdrop for the current gender revolution has been in place, right? It's not new. But the cultural shift and the societal awakening on this larger scale is. More people than ever are publicly identifying as non-binary or feeling more confident transitioning into the gender that aligns with how they feel and how they see themselves. I know from my own experience that I was using the term unisex to describe myself in the late 1990s and of course there were many more before my time who viewed themselves in the same way. For me it was never about denouncing being female per se. It was more about don't confine me to whatever it is you think a female is supposed to be or how she's supposed to act, feel, think, dress, talk. It's feeling slightly awkward when someone says girl followed by whatever that always throws me off for a brief moment. But that's me, and I understand that we are all different. But either way, all of it's really just had me thinking a lot lately about gender and the lesbian identity more than I ever have, and in ways that I never have. I mean, it's true, I think, that seemingly less people are identifying as lesbian. Even if they identify as queer, which is a term I often use, but again, not to denounce being female, but to denounce being confined to the societal gender role of female. I was never even the biggest fan of the word lesbian to begin with, but I acknowledge that I fit its definition. Anyway... As I was perusing the internet, I came across an article from 2017 published on BuzzFeed News, uh, written by Shannon Keating, that is arguably more relevant today than it was then. It's called, Can Lesbian Identity Survive the Gender Revolution? I'm now reading from Can Lesbian Identity Survive the Gender Revolution, written by Shannon Keating, published on BuzzFeed News 2017. By this point, you've probably seen it everywhere. The future is female. The slogan seemed to resonate widely in the months leading up to the presidential election, especially as sheepish Hillary Clinton voters started coming out of the closet in earnest. It could have easily gone dormant after Donald Trump's win when the future looked like it was shaping up to be anything but female. Yet on the first day of his presidency, millions of women took to the streets around the world and those four daringly hopeful words came back with a vengeance. The future is female was painted on countless cardboard signs and hoisted high in the air, waved in the face of a new administration led by a man who's bragged about grabbing women by the genitals and has since assembled the whitest and most male first cabinet since Ronald Reagan. The slogan itself has been around since long before the 2016 presidential election. The original version of the now-famous The Futurist Female t-shirt was created by Labras Books, the first women's bookstore in New York City, and photographed in 1975 on musician Alex Dobkin by Dobkin's then-girlfriend, Liza Cowan. Cowan was working on a slideshow called What the Well-Dressed Dyke Will Wear, but the slogan's present-day renaissance is largely thanks to a woman named Rachel Burks the founder of the LA based retailer and graphic design studio Other Wild. In May 2015, Burks came across the photo of Dopkin on a relatively new Instagram account called Her Story, run by the art director Kelly Rakowski, which has since become a popular archive of lesbian history. The diffusion of a piece of little-understood lesbian history into the messy, nebulous sphere of modern-day feminism feels particularly appropriate at the beginning of 2017 when the future of lesbianism as an identity, as an activist movement, as a label, as a culture remains an open question. American attitudes about gender identity are evolving, which has started to impact the way many of us think about sexual orientation. Young people in particular are more likely than ever before to identify outside the assigned gender binary. Trans men and women are joined by those who identify as genderqueer, agender, non-binary, gender fluid, to name only a few. Although American millennials are nearly twice as likely as older generations to describe themselves as LGBT, much of that increase can be attributed to more young people identifying as anything other than 100% straight. Some studies suggest that nearly half of Generation Z sees themselves as falling somewhere on the sexuality spectrum between straight and gay again the increasingly colorful backdrop of gender diversity a binary label like gay or lesbian starts to feel somewhat stale and stodgy when there are so many genders out there is it closed-minded or worse harmful and exclusionary if you identify with a label that implies you're only attracted to one mm-hmm. It's lesbians more so than gay men, however, who are undergoing a specific kind of identity crisis. Though gay male representation is still far from widespread, pieces of gay male culture have found their way into the mainstream in a way lesbianism simply hasn't. Gay male spaces from bars to entire city neighborhoods have managed to maintain some modern relevance, while lesbian bars and bookstores have shuttered in mass across the country. Queer people aren't completely confined to our own spaces anymore. Many of us, particularly in more progressive areas, can more frequently be ourselves out in the open. But it was in those long-gone queer-specific venues, festivals, activist organizations, stores, artist collectives, bars, where queer subcultures formed and thrived. Without them, lesbianism in the 21st century lacks a coherent cultural definition. Many millennial lesbians find ourselves in a strange historical moment. The heyday of radical lesbianism is behind us and a seemingly label-free, sexually fluid future lies ahead. We're grappling with how to preserve the best parts of cultural lesbian identity, centering and celebrating women, political organizing, reclaiming harsh, loud, fuck you words like dyke and queer, inside jokes and lesbian signifiers in literature and art, without replicating some of lesbian history's very real shortcomings. At the end of 2016, Slate ran a special issue on lesbians which featured an essay by staff writer Christina Catarucci, who wrote that she and many other young queer women have felt more comfortable with the word queer than lesbian. Queer doesn't assume gender essentialism, and more accurately reflects the reality of her friend groups and dating pool a gender-diverse crowd of trans-masculine people, gender-queer people, and trans men and women, in addition to cis women. But she admits that her aversion to lesbian might also be couched in some internalized homophobic notions of lesbians as unfashionable, uncultured homebodies. Those widely held stereotypes have real-world economic implications. Some of the most flattering though, of course, often inaccurate. Assumptions about gay men, fashionable jet-setters who drink martinis and pour money into decorating their summer homes, make them an advertiser's dream. Lesbians, however, are written off as frumpy shut-ins who couldn't care less about nightlife or fashion, which makes advertisers more reluctant to cater to queer women and, in turn, hurt small lesbian-owned businesses that rely on advertising to survive. Lesbians still remain something of a cultural mystery. While certain facets of gay male culture, for better or worse, have steadily been gaining mainstream popularity. Lesbianism, and whatever lesbian culture might be at large, isn't as clearly defined in pop culture. Shows like The L Word, Orange is the New Black, and Transparent have come closest by featuring multiple LGBT characters, casting female queerness as the norm rather than the exception. Here you can find depth references to dildos, u-hauling, lesbian stereotypes lovingly reappropriated, and jokes at straight people's expense. More than simply including queer family characters, queerness is built into the show's DNA. All three premiered on cable or streaming services, however, which means they've tended to reach more niche audiences. When it comes to lesbians, who made up just 17% of LGBT characters in 2016, and bisexual women on television, you can typically tell they're queer because they've had a coming-out narrative arc, and or because they date women on the show. A majority of these characters are ultra-feminine and white, which reflects a comically small pool of queer women in real life. And it's not often you hear them make gay jokes or complain about the dearth of lesbian bars or in any way draw attention to their queerness, whatever it might mean to them. Lesbians, like all queer people, are not a monolith. Everyone presents their gender differently, from feminine to masculine to everywhere in between, though you wouldn't know it judging from broadcast and cable. Feminine queer women, after all, are much more easier to sell to mainstream audiences Masculinity is a common, though not foolproof lesbian, signifier, but with a few notable exceptions like Leah Delaria's unapologetic Dyke Big Boo on Orange is the New Black and Lena Waite's Denise on Master of None, there are basically no masculine women on television. According to mainstream TV, the only real thing that seems to define a lesbian, besides getting brutally killed off for no good reason, is a woman who's attracted to women. Of course, a woman who's attracted to women is quite literally what a lesbian is. But the typical cool, femme, queer character we've come to know is rarely ever a lesbian with a capital L in terms of her gender presentation or her cultural identity. She's just like everybody else. She has her coming out story, maybe a fight with her homophobic parents, her first awkward dates with a girl, but then all is soon back to normal in her group of exclusively straight friends. She wears the same makeup and has the same hairstyles as every other woman on television. The most palatable kind of queerness, after all, is one that's barely notable. It's the opposite problem of typical gay male representation, which too often defines gay men exclusively by their sexuality. Gay women, who are still accused of faking it or going through a phase, are barely defined by their sexuality at all. For many queer women, of course, that might indeed be the end goal, having queerness be such a small and insignificant part of who they are that it doesn't even bear mentioning. No need to fight the system because the system has finally let us in. As Samira Wiley put it when accepting the Visibility Award from the Human Rights Campaign in 2015, sexuality and gender identity can and should be merely a footnote in our lives rather than the definition of our existence. But is there room for our queerness to exist somewhere between an unremarkable footnote and the only definition of us that matters? The reclaimed slur queer precedes its internet renaissance by decades, having long been a linguistic way to push back against both heteronormativity and gay assimilation. It has sharp edges. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It conveys certain politics just as much as it connotes something other than heterosexuality. As many as half of today's teenagers potentially see the word applying to them. Queer offers a world of possibilities. As Jenna Wortham wrote in the New York Times Magazine last year, 2016, Quote, the radical power of queer always came from its inclusivity, end quote. But she argues that there can be a flip side when it comes to such a big catch-all term. Quote, maybe we are relying on a single word, a single idea, a single identity, to do too much, end quote. Also last year, Eleanor Rosenthal investigated the state of queer nightlife in Portland, Oregon in a piece for Willamette Week. She concluded that a, quote, minefield of identity politics, end quote, has radically disrupted the lesbian scene in one of America's most famously lesbian-heavy cities. There are lesbian-owned bars that cater to lesbians in Portland, she writes, but they aren't lesbian bars in name. Meanwhile, Portland has 8 bars for gay men which haven't been rocked by the same cultural drive for gender inclusivity. Spaces and events that once billed themselves as "by and for lesbians have changed their names and focus to avoid controversy and be more inclusive. Some have actively expanded their target audience from lesbians to all queer and trans people, but certain event planners worry that general queer parties, lacking any specific language beyond. "Quote everyone but cisgender men," end quote, which doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, could turn into the the de facto parties for gay men, going the way of many gay bars and events. But others don't see inclusion as merely a more a moral imperative, or a begrudging attempt to avoid controversy. They believe that's where that's real value in breaking down those old barriers by creating spaces for queerness and queer people that fall outside of mainstream gay culture. Vera Rubin, who hosts a monthly queer rave in Portland, told Rosenthal that we don't want a party that's just all dykes or all gay men. When we think of cities with really good vibrant nightlife, they're always mixed parties that are pushing the city forward. End quote. Plenty of lesbian bars and spaces across the country have gone out of business for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with trans inclusion, while other places are still here and still going strong, oftentimes just under a different, broader, more inclusive name. The same goes for lesbian events. That's not necessarily erasure, that's evolution. If anything, embracing gender diversity and welcoming gender queer people of all stripes have kept certain historically lesbian-only events and spaces alive and allowed new ones to grow. In our current moment of cultural uncertainty, when we're all establishing what we stand for and what we stand to lose, perhaps identity labels redefined to fit the way we live now can start making a comeback. Gender spaces and institutions in our country, from sports to the Boy Scouts to the latest wave of exclusive women's social clubs to public restrooms and universities, have been forced to reckon with the fact that gender exists beyond a binary, or will be forced to reckon with the fact soon enough. Certain strains of lesbian history are marred by ugliness and exclusion, a legacy we have to acknowledge and actively rectify. But others are worth remembering for different reasons. For so long, lesbian activists who refused to assimilate for straight people's comfort have fought for lesbian rights and recognition at times when lesbians had so little of either. Working class dykes who battled racism and classism, organizers who shed light on the injustices of church and state, lesbian poets of color whose work challenged gay whitewashing, and inspired generations, dykes and fags who bashed back women who started publications and production companies and festivals and bookstores and bars, or lesbians with nowhere else to go, found home. We're still benefiting from the spaces lesbian activists first carved for us. Of course, there's nothing more inherently radical about lesbianism than any other queer identity, especially since it has some deeply oppressive roots, but there has always been a certain kind of power in specific and purposeful queer language, in claiming our own identities and letting other people know that we exist on our terms, not theirs. Slogans and catchphrases can't do the heavy lifting on their own, not by a long shot, but they can announce who we are and they can remind us where we came from. Maybe the future really can be female it all depends on how we choose to define it. So uh, that, that was a lot to digest, I know. Um, and I actually cut out like chunks of it for brevity's sake. So you can find that full article, um, that whole piece on our, our site, sapphic.world, um, and then, you know, link to the original text and all that. Um, but so I, I really want to know your thoughts on that, though, because it, it's, it really is like a valid question to me. I guess maybe it doesn't matter, you know, but as a brand like Sapphic World and Dyke and things like that, you know, it's like we are specifically speaking to women, right? Like, I mean, whether you're a masculine woman or a feminine woman, a butch or, you know, a lipstick lesbian, whatever the case may be, it's like, but we are lesbians. And as much as I kind of like, I'm not a fan of that word like I would just use queer or gay like I'm just a gay person I'm a gay woman I'm gay whatever right um I do feel like almost reclaiming it you know in a sense I don't know it's some. there's something about that but like I said I'd love to hear your thoughts so connect with us um you know Instagram Twitter sapphic underscore world um and uh yeah like we this we're gonna talk about it or you know you can also send me messages for um for the podcast and I'll play them on here so You can email uh, a message to us or submit it, you know, through the social media. And that's um, just keep it to like a minute or less, you know, in an MP3 file, just like a little audio file. And if you want to share your thoughts and we will air those. So. Now, I also found a piece that is uh, actually current and was written just a week or so ago. Uh, It's much shorter and I'm going to read it as well. Um, So I definitely want to hear your thoughts on it. So seriously, I want you all to get in touch and, um, you know, let's talk about it. So this is Why Other Queers Are Stuffing Lesbians Back in the Closet by Glenn Stanton via TheFederalist.com written December 10, 2020. Lesbian, as a category, is vanishing, warns lesbian journalist Katie Herzog over at Andrew Sullivan's Weekly Dish. She laments that being an out and proud lesbian is no longer cool and notes how women who like women are increasingly, quote, coming out as non-binary or as men, end quote, instead. Herzog noted this just days before Juno and the Umbrella Academy star Ellen Page announced on December 1 that she is no longer a lesbian because she's... Now, a he named Elliot. She explained, quote, I can't express how remarkable it feels to finally love who I am enough to pursue my authentic self. End quote. Ellen is still married to dancer Emma Portner, thus, it is unclear what that makes Emma now. Pink News reported that someone clumsily asked her this very question on Instagram, to which Emma curiously replied, quote, I hope you know my sexual preferences and gender identity are none of your business, end quote. But it does appear Emma is no longer a lesbian, explaining, quote, Release your labels of me. I am as fluid as can be, end quote. It certainly was not the questioner who brought up labels, though. Emma throws them out like candy, describing her new husband, question mark, as, quote, trans, queer, and non-binary. End quote. and herself as genderqueer. Lesbian is no longer in their lexicon. It's more than celebrities. This is a nationwide trend. Lesbian bars are dying up at such a rapid clip that the Lesbian Bar Project is here to save them. While there are more than 63,000 bars across America today, only 15 of them are the lesbian type. Alabama has precisely as many as California, one each. Texas is the only state with two. New York has three, all in Gotham. This is a dramatic decline from the roughly 200 lesbian joints that doted our nation in the late 1980s. LGBT unfolds as an attempt to erase the sexual yin-yang. Each of the lesbians Herzog spoke to for her article asked to be kept anonymous for fear of reprisals from their supposed allies in the queer community. One confirmed, quote, it's not cool to be a lesbian in the same way that it's cool to be queer or trans or non-binary, end quote. Another expressed that most of her peers now see the term, quote, lesbians as stodgy, old-fashioned, and uncool, whereas queers were hip, edgy, and inclusive, end quote. Non-binary and queer are the cool new things. Anything that smacks of being a genuine woman is not. The stubborn fact that male and female each have an objective nature will ultimately be the end of contemporary gender theory, and it looks like lesbians are the canary in that coal mine. Herzog tells of a professor friend who mentioned to a campus colleague that she was a lesbian. The woman, quote, reacted like I'd confessed to being a Confederate lost causer, end quote. She was scolded that the, quote, uh, that, quote, the term is outdated and problematic and I shouldn't use it, end quote. The problem is it's a bit too bio-essentialist and exclusive, So this professor now keeps quiet about her sexuality among her leftist peers. In fact, she added ironically, quote, it's like living in a second closet, end quote, now. Lesbianism is not what leftists say it is. What's at work here is much more than lesbianism simply losing its cool. It involves two fundamental problematic realities inherent in LGBTQ dogma and practice. First, lesbianism never was the thing its promoters claimed it was. It's cer it is certainly not quote just the way some people are, end quote. This has been made clear in various ways in the academic literature over the last two decades. Would it surprise you to know that people who identify as lesbian have much higher pregnancy rates than heterosexual women? It is true. One study among many explains, quote, Again, bisexual and lesbian teens are more likely in each region to report pregnancy histories than heterosexual peers. Another study examined the pregnancy rates of adult sexual minority women revealing the same thing. Quote, in our supplementary analysis, we found that both unintended pregnancies ending in abortion and unintended pregnancies with other outcomes, e.g. birth, miscarriage, were more common for sexual minority women than heterosexual women, End quote. In fact, the abortion and birth rates of non-heterosexually identified women is roughly twice that of the heterosexual population. That is a whole lot of baby making, sex going on among women who were supposedly quote born lesbian. Leading gender theorists, leading gender theorists have long established that female sexuality, contrary to that of males, is extremely malleable. Professor Lisa Diamond is a giant in this field. In an important uh, TEDx talk, she explained quote. The plain truth is that gender and sexual development show a lot more variability than most people realize. And that variability often leads to change over time in sexual attraction. Sexual attraction show a fair amount of fluidity, end quote. This is because Diamond explains, quote, Women are more likely than men to say that they become attracted to or fall in love with the person, and not the gender, end quote. As such, women typically report that their unusually strong emotional feelings spill over into sexual desire, even desires that contradict their sexual orientations as a result of falling in love. That was a specific quote from Diamond. Diamond's most notable publication is her book, Sexual Fluidity, Understanding Women's Love and Desire, uh, published by Harvard University Press. Another leader in the field, North, uh, Northwestern University's uh, J. Michael Bailey, infamously asked in a classic paper whether women have even have a sexual orientation as we typically think about it. He explains, there is an emerging consensus that women's sexual partner choices are sometimes made for different reasons than men's, end quote. Bailey adds, quote, men, but not women, have a category-specific sexual arousal pattern, one that is usually directed more strongly to members of one sex than to those of the other, end quote. He and his peers in the field conclude that, in general, men have a sexual orientation towards certain body parts. Women have a romantic orientation to the person. This understanding has gained near-universal consensus and explains the high pregnancy rates of so-called lesbians women must kneel to men in lesbian bars. Still, lesbianism, such as it is, is also being smashed by the intolerant patriarchy of transgenderism. This is no small thing. The lesbian bar is no longer a woman's space because the Lesbian Bar Project claims, quote, the label lesbian belongs to all people who feel that it empowers them, end quote. This is lesbian sisterhood being forced to submit to men under the patriarchal guise of trans inclusivity. In the good old days, any self-respecting lesbian could tell a man who insisted on buying her a drink where he could go and he and be cheered a feminist hero for doing so. Today, if that same man wears a pencil skirt and claims to be trans, that lesbian becomes the worst person in the world. Herzog bravely and correctly observes, Oddly, these fights only seem to occur around women's space, not men's. That is because women who believe they are men know better than to slide up to the gay bar insisting that they are just one of the guys looking for a good time. UK lesbian writer Claire Huyken warns, Quote, everywhere you look, there are reminders of how little the safety and well-being of lesbian women is valued we can't seem to escape violence and vilification, especially since, in recent months, a lot of it has come from within the LGBT communities we helped build. Even even within LGBT spheres, where we are, at least theoretically, part of the community, lesbians, are now being vilified." End quote. Women, Being forced to bow to the needs of men. Who saw this happening when gender theory tried to convince us that men and women are all just the same? Damn. Wow, that piece was loaded, right? It's so much to discuss. Like, the pregnancy rates. Like, the fuck? I mean... Forever I've seen and I've heard about, you know, quote, lesbians, usually, you know, the butch variety. I I, I mean, like, I guess all kinds, but this is just my experience. Usually the butch variety, having sexual encounters with men, which is really more about gender than sexuality or I don't know. I don't I I don't even know. But I know for me, a gold star. Yes. Yes. Gold star, baby. If you don't know what that is, then you're probably not one. Uh, I'm just keeping it real anyway but yeah i'm a lesbian dyke gay queer whatever but you know like so while i'm not surprised i'm surprised i i don't know um i i'm not surprised in the sense of like i've i've really always said i agree so much with things of this because i've i've said to like friends and inner circles and things literally for like decades literally decades that i believe that a lot of women have that their sexuality is very fluid Um, And that they can be like, oh, I'm attracted to the energy, I'm attracted to this or, you know, that. And that's from my experience from the different women that I've dealt with, you know, like a lot of times they'll tell me, you know, like I've never been with a woman. I've never I'm not usually attracted to women, but there's something about you or, you know, things like that. So I get that. And I, I always I always have. But I know for me, like being a gay woman, it's like I always have known I was gay as well, like since a very young age. And, um, I don't know if it's like a body part thing, like they say, like for men, but I just, I, I'm just like, I guess maybe it is a body part thing because I'm like, I'm drawn to energy as well. But when your shell is male, then I'm drawn to your energy in a friendly way, a very platonic way. Nothing in me is aroused. I don't like, that's just doesn't happen. Um, With women, I'm also attracted to your energy, but then I'm also attracted to you physically. And so when a lot of things align, the physical, the energy, the, you know, all of that, then yeah, it does create an arousal. And now I'm attracted and I have a sexual interest in you. And that's how I know I am a lesbian through and through. And so um, I don't know, but this is just very interesting. It's great. It's just great to talk about. I'm glad these discussions are being had now. Um. you know so I, I mean I don't know but yeah I don't know I don't know I'm, I, I'm still surprised I'm like I'm still like kind of surprised about like the pregnancy rates even though I'm not is that weird I don't know Um, I mean like I've had men be very very persistent with me and like when I'm finally like yo like you know I'm gay right like what the fuck you know they're like oh you know a lot of studs be like that and then they fuck you so I don't know and I'm like what? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Not me, buddy. Not me. Um, anyway, so yeah, share your thoughts with me. I definitely want to talk to you about this. I, like, we need to have this discussion. So share your thoughts. Email us. Send an MP3 recording. Hit us on Instagram or Twitter at uh, staffic underscore world. Let's talk about it. Anyway, moving on, uh, there's no guest this week. If you notice, that's kind of been a theme in season two. Like I said, it's really about the, the, the issues. Season two is really about the issues. And um, I did want to bring on some guests for certain things, and we will have guests come back uh, at the top of the year, 2021. You will see um, guests return to the podcast, and we will tackle some of the issues that I mentioned here in season two, and um, also new things. So. Um. Just look forward to that. Stay connected with us. And uh, yeah, so on to the episode and start off with some headline news. So yeah, like I said, that releases on uh, December 18th, Friday uh, on Netflix only. So check it out. Um, uh, Moving on uh, to Australia, so former uh, Australian cricketer Alex Blackwell um, recently made headlines um, talking about how she's felt quote profiled as a predator end quote uh, because she's a lesbian in sport. Uh, So apparently the former uh, Australian vice-captain became the first female international cricketer to come out as gay in 2013 but since then, she says she's come across like a, a whole lot of really damaging assumptions about lesbians and particularly lesbian athletes. Uh, she told the Guardian in Australia um, about conversations she's had with with administrators in which that in which they said there was a problem with quote predatory behavior in women's sport end quote. Uh, she said that uh, quote their concern is that poor behavior in women's sport is by the lesbians. I have felt profiled because I'm a lesbian, profiled as a predator. Lesbians in sports uh, have been profiled as predators. That is very hurtful and I'm tired of that. It's really unfair to profile a group of people as good or bad based on a characteristic like sexuality or skin color or religion because perceptions of what goes on in team sports where there are lesbians doesn't match reality." End quote um and that that was um Australian cricketer Alex Blackwell. I don't I just I just wanted to throw that in there um because I I think that is true as well. I think just not even just in sport but I always feel like lesbians almost get a profile as as predators. Like if you're a lesbian and you end up dating a woman who people didn't know was gay or wasn't out as gay or maybe didn't live a gay life previously, then you're a predator. You've turned them out, you've done something. If you are a lesbian and you are in sport you know um then maybe in the locker room you may have issues or maybe just because you are a gay woman who is athletic then you fall into like different stereotypes and people pigeonhole you and and assume different things about you and your personality that it may or may not even be true and i don't know and i think that's true so i just wanted to mention that because i think it was it's it was just good that somebody's bringing light To that and it also shows that that's really how people think like how she said then she's had conversations with administrators you know of of various sports programs who said quote predatory behavior in women's sport you know what i mean like and they were referring to lesbians like and that's retarded like i apologize that's not a good word that's just not cool that's not good Anyway, um, yeah, so Bravo star, Izzy Waters of um, Below Deck. She's come out as a lesbian via Instagram. She did that on uh, December 15th. She had a cute little cheeky caption, um, so that's cool. I don't don't watch Below Deck, and I'm not, like, overly familiar with Izzy Waters or whatever, but I am happy that she has come out. It's always great to have more additions, you know, to the family, especially people who are in— public uh view you know um so I don't know that's cool maybe we'll have her on the show in the future um and let's see and just to to wrap up just a quick uh update on Ellen DeGeneres who uh says she's feeling better since disclosing that she was ill with COVID um a little while back uh aside from some serious back pain she says she's definitely uh feeling better so yeah uh I, I'm not I'm not even gonna tackle political news so Please, please, please be sure to visit us online at sapphic.world uh, for more news, stories, features, and other fun. sapphic.world. That's it. Just type sapphic.world. If you're on a phone, uh, save the page to your home screen. It will appear like, just like an app, and you can open us anytime, anywhere to see what's happening in the world. The sapphic world, that is. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Dyke, Agenda Fluid, Fashion Forward, Clothing, Accessory, and Lifestyle brand. Visit them at dressdyke.com to shop their current Love is Love collection. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at dressdyke. And remember, members of sapphic.world get discounts on all dressdyke.com purchases. It's free to join, and you can become a member of sapphicworld at sapphic.world. That's the web address, sapphic.world. Thank you, Dyke. And remember, you don't have to be a Dyke to dress Dyke. Visit dressdyke.com today. Thanks for listening. And as always, love yourself and love others. Until next time.